0: And this is Dan. Together we pastor Hope Culture Church in Elgin, Illinois. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Good morning, church. I'm Dan. My wife and I have the opportunity of leading Hope Culture together. Whether you're online or in the room, we're glad you're here. I loved the worship time together. Um, Every Sunday when we're worshiping, I'm always reminded why. It's just so powerful and important to be together. Um, we're singing that last song with the verse, uh, my, great, or, my sin is great, but your grace is more. Um, where grace is found, Lord, there you are. And where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. And I'm just reflecting on that, and I'm just thinking, God, thank you so much for your grace. Like, and there's just something about singing that together that's so powerful. It reminds me, it's like a newer version of the third verse of uh, It Is Well With My Soul, where it says, my sin oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. He like interrupts it mid-sentence. He's like, this is so exciting to think about. He's like, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. And I just got me thinking about grace um, while we were singing and I'm just so thankful for it. Jerry Bridges has a book on grace and I was just talking to my sister about this um, and he has this quote in it. He says, on our worst day, we need to remember that we are not beyond The reach of God's grace, and on our best day, we need to remember we're not beyond the need of God's grace. Just that the full spectrum, like, you are never in such a place where you're so far from God that it's too far for grace, and you're never, like, I have arrived, I've made it, I am completely holy. Like, we are the holiness We have the righteousness of Christ inside of us, but we still are in desperate need for his grace for everything. And uh, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about this morning. That's just me sharing what's on my heart as we worship. Just grace is powerful. And there's something about being with the community of God, the local body of Christ that just reminds us of our own need for grace. Um, So let's pray. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy that's new every morning. God, we receive it. Whether we feel in desperate need of it or, or not, we absolutely need it. Uh, We thank you for it. We thank you that uh, it's grace that forgives us, grace that sustains us, grace that empowers us to live the life you're calling us to live. God, we can't pursue holiness on our own, so we ask for your grace and mercy and your Holy Spirit to empower us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've been in a series on Elijah, talking about uh, this man of faith, and we've been calling it ordinary faith, even though we've been looking at his life, which is very extraordinary. But we've been saying, hey, he's actually like us. James says that he's a man with a nature just like ours. And uh, the first week we talked about God's ability to provide and sustain. In week two, we talked about having faith in God alone. That was the week I had the coffee and the orange juice last week. Drank those mixed together. If you missed it, go watch it. It's really disgusting and memorable. So hopefully that sticks with us. Uh, And this week we're going to pick up right where we left off in the story. 1 Kings 18, uh, starting in verse 41. I hear you flipping there. I love that. It's on the screen. Scroll there. Flip there. And Elijah said to Ahab, quick recap for those who've missed a a week or two or forgot who Ahab was. Ahab is the king, and he's really bad. Two chapters ago, at the end of chapter 16, it describes him as the worst one yet. He's in the northern kingdom, and uh, he's just done more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of the kings before him. And he's married to Jezebel, who that might ring a bell. She is the one who brought in Baal worship um, to Israel, and they're worshiping the god of Baal, and uh, as well as Asherah, and just believing that that's where rain and provision comes from. So, Elijah goes and says, it's not going to rain until I say so. And then he goes and, you know, God provides for him with the birds, the dirty birds, the ravens, and all that stuff, and the widow, and all of those things we've talked about. And last week they have the big showdown where fire falls from heaven on a wet altar, and God shows that he is the one true God. After that, Elijah is like, all right, let's get them. They get them, and then Elijah says to Ahab, go Eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. Three and a half years have passed since Elijah first said, hey, it's not going to rain. They've been experiencing drought as a result of that. They've had famine, um, and they're in desperate need. And often God does that. Wherever we've put our trust, he sometimes pulls that away to remind us, hey, your trust is in the wrong spot. Trust in me and me alone. And so God's about to restore rain Things are about to move in the right direction. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, and heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel, which is super cool. He suddenly has Holy Spirit at super speed and beats him there, Um, and that is where we'll leave off for this week. I love whenever uh, the Bible talks about a story in the New Testament from the Old Testament. And that happens a couple times with Elijah. In week one, we we shared, ha- or yeah, week one with the widow. We talked about how Jesus actually references that story and talks about when Elijah finds that widow and talks about a prophet not being accepted in his hometown. And this is actually the story that James is talking about. We've read this verse the last couple weeks, but I actually want to read the passage for us: James five thirteen to eighteen. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. So basically, that's everybody. He's like, you're either happy or in trouble. One of the two, and it should lead to you talking to God in some form. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let that sink in. Remember that part. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Then he uses Elijah as an example. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. Hopefully, everybody in here relates to that. You're human. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So James, the half-brother of Jesus, writes this talking about, this is what prayer should look like. You should pray in faith, believing that God will answer it. You should come and ask people. You should ask the elders of the church to pray for you. You should meet with other people and have them pray for reconciliation. And you should pray in faith. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful, and it accomplishes things. And he says, for example, Elijah was also a person like you. And he goes, he prayed, and it stopped raining for three and a half years. He prayed again, and it did rain. You see how quickly he summarizes that story, which is taking place over two full chapters in 1 Kings? I love that we actually know the full story, the the behind-the-scenes, because I love behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, we watched Frozen 2, and our kids loved it. And then after we watched Frozen 2, we watched the documentary about how they made it. And we loved it. We were like, this is better than the movie itself. Like, seeing how they came up with the storylines and the animation and all of those things, we're like, this is so cool. Because you get to know it differently when you see behind the scenes. And I think so often we're familiar with James 5. We're like, pray in faith. Do it. But we don't know the behind the scenes story very well. We don't, we're maybe, we're like, we know the part where the fire came down, but we don't actually know a ton about when Elijah prayed for the rain to come. Other than that, he prayed for it to come and it came. But I think it's important to slow down and look at these verses at the end of chapter 18 and how there actually was a little bit of a process to it. There was going back seven times. There was Elijah hearing the rain before the rain even came. What's up with that? There's all these pieces that we sometimes miss when we just get the short part of the story. But the short part of the story is important because James is interpreting it through the lens of the New Testament and saying, hey, we can know that we're exegeting it properly. Like we're reading the text for actually what it says, that if you read this story, it should cause you to want to pray in faith. James is saying that that's, that's an understanding we should get from reading this story. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about praying big prayers, praying in faith. We talked about faith for provision. We talked about faith in God alone. But what does it look like to have faith For big prayers, to believe God can do big things. I love that it says there's the sound of heavy rain. He says that right away at the beginning of the chapter Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there's the sound of heavy rain. It hasn't started raining yet. In fact, they go check multiple times and it's not raining. But Elijah says, I hear the sound of heavy rain. I was thinking about this and praying about it, reading commentaries, and I just came coming back to the fact that sometimes when God is doing something, we, we sense it before we see it. We, we don't have the ability to know that it's happening right now. Like, we don't see it in our situation yet, but there's, there's a still small voice. There's a scripture we're holding on to. There's an impression. There's something in the spiritual realm that is going on that we're like, I hear it coming. Something's changing. Elijah saying, I hear the rain before it's even come. I think this is important because if we want to pray, because it's one thing just to pray for what you want. It's another thing to do what the New Testament holistically talks about and pray into what God wants to do. And if you want to pray into what God wants to do, you need to know and hear from God. And I wrote this in my notes. We need to get in the Word so the Word can get in us. Because if we're not going to pray according to the Word, we're not going to pray according to what God wants. And how many of us are actually spending time at the feet of Jesus? That's not an accusation. That's a real question. Like, are we really seeking Him? Are we seeking His Word, His will, His way? And it's not, it's not out of religion. It's not out of obligation. It's out of knowing Him and loving Him and saying, God, I want to know what you're up to. I want to know what you're speaking to me. I want to know what you're asking me to do. And I want to pray in that direction. We need to get in the Word so the Word can get in us. Elijah was in tune with what the Spirit was saying. He, he could hear the rain before it even started. We see this throughout Jesus' ministry. He even says, I do nothing apart from what the Father's telling me to do. Paul, you know, he's hearing at times very clear, go this way. Other times he's not hearing clearly, and he's like, I'm going to go this way until I do hear. He's like, this is my best guess based on the nature of God and the mission he's called me to. I'm going to move in that direction, the last thing that I heard. But are we hearing? Are we hearing from the word of God? Are we taking time to listen to him in prayer? Are we we familiar enough with his nature and character that we know that, hey, I haven't heard yet, but I'm moving that direction, kind of like Paul does? Do we have the ability to sense what God is doing before we see what God is doing? It reminds me of this story where, you know... Jonathan, who's Saul's son, is like, there's a battle going on, and it looks like they're about to lose. And he's like, you know, let's go fight, him and his armor bearer. He's like, let's go, let's go fight. And he's like, perhaps the Lord is with us, which is one of my favorite lines in Scripture. It's just like, perhaps God is in this thing. He's like, we'll find out when we get there. It'll be pretty clear if God is with us or not. So him and his armor bearer go up there, and they start fighting, and they're, they're winning Things are moving in the right direction. And so another group sees them and they're like, hey, look at God's doing something. Like Jonathan's fighting, they're like winning. And so a whole nother wave of people go and they join in, and then a bigger group does the same thing. And you see this progression until everybody's fighting along with Jonathan, who stepped out in faith. And I wonder, I wonder which wave each of us would fall into. Like, would, would you be one of the people who's like, perhaps God is with us? Like, I, I know enough about God to say he's probably with us in this. Or are you the people who are like, I see God starting something. It's not fully there yet, but I'm going to hop in at this point. Are you going to be, like, where are you going to be? And there's no shame where you are right now, but I'm just saying, I want to be like Jonathan. Yeah. Or at least in the second group. <laughs> I want to be like, God, I think this is what you're doing. I'm pretty sure based on your nature, I'm pretty sure based on your word, I'm pretty sure based on what you're telling me, and I'm going to move in that direction. He heard the sound of heavy rain. Like, there's there's not the clarity that Elijah, it doesn't, Scripture doesn't lay it out exactly, that it's like, this is the time you're to pray now. Like, we knew he he just, like, there's this climax moment where the fire falls and, and all that, but then he... He gets this thing where he hears the rain before it comes. It's one of those things where sometimes you get things, something in your soul before you get it in your situation. Some of you are not in your head to that. Like you've experienced that in your life. You're like, I, have it. I didn't see it right away, but I could sense that God was doing it and I started moving. You had faith for it. And what happens is when you have faith for it, you pray differently. You, like, just a quick show of hands. How many of you have prayed different in a season where you're full of faith than you have in those seasons where it's a little bit lower? Yeah, exactly. We all do. And it's this thing that when you have something that God's spoken to you in any form, that you have a different ability to pray boldly about it. You have a different ability to go after it in faith. And that's what we see. Elijah heard the rain, and then he goes up the mountain again, because they just went down the mountain and did battle. And he sticks his head between his legs, and he prays. And he prays that, that it would rain. It says he climbed to the, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. doesn't even say what he prayed, it just says he took the posture of prayer. And then he tells the servant, Go look and see if you see anything. And I, I just can't help but think about how bold that is of Elijah. We've seen boldness all throughout Elijah's life. He went to Ahab, and he's like, it's not going to rain. He's the king, and he's like, it's not going to rain until I say so. And then he, he shows up, and there's hundreds of prophets against him, and he's like, bold. He's like, pour water on mine, and he's making fun of them, and God shows up. And now he's just bold to say, it's going to rain. Like, I hear it coming. You can start going. Ahab, go ahead and go eat. Get ready. It's going to rain. And then he goes and prays for the rain. We need to know what the Spirit of God is calling us to so we can pray in that direction. James says to pray in faith for healing, for for reconciliation, for repentance. We should praise God when things are going well. And praying in faith makes me want to pause and just say, like, let's make sure we're on the same page about what we're saying faith is. And Hebrews 11.1 gives a good definition of faith where it says, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. It's confidence in what we hope for and it's assurance about what we do not see, Abigail and I all the time say, "Faith is what—it's um, hope in action. Faith is hope in action, because it's the confidence in what we hope for, or or maybe depending on your translation, it says the assurance of things hoped for. And it's not just having any hopes. It's like I hope this, and therefore I like have faith about it, and I'm going to act on it. It's no hope that's anchored in Christ." It's that Hebrew's hope that says, I have a hope that's an anchor for my soul. That he's going to do what he said he's going to do. That he is unchanging. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That I know who he is. That I believe he's going to finish what he started. That the spirit in me is a down payment of what's to come. Where I'm made brand new and in his presence and things are restored. I have that hope. I have a hope in Christ. And when you have that hope, it gives you the ability to live a life of faith. So I sometimes say to people who are in a season where their, where their faith feels low, I'm like, start with hope. Start with looking at who God is and what he says he'll do. Start there, because your faith has nothing to hold on to right now. If faith is the confidence of things you're hoping for and the assurance of things you're hoping for, it's, it's what you don't see yet, you need to know what you should be hoping for. Because I think what happens is sometimes we put our hope in the wrong place. Like we, we talked about last week. Thinking something else is going to provide other than God. And and therefore, when it doesn't happen, our hope is is hurt, and therefore our faith is low. We need to to have our hope anchored in the right spot. Ephesians 1 talks about hope, Hebrews 10, Romans 5. There's lots of places to start. If If you want to know, shoot me a text or email afterwards. We can talk about hope. But faith is hope in action. I love it last summer when we were studying Mark and how often Jesus would be like, he saw their faith. They lowered their friend through the roof and he said he saw their faith and was amazed. That if faith is something you can see, it's more than just something that you think. You know, if if you're a faith-filled person, I should see that in action. That's why James talks about faith and works going hand in hand. He's saying you can have works without faith, but you can't have faith that doesn't have stuff attached to it. Like, faith will live itself out in some way in your life. Like, somebody who is observing you should see that you have faith because it does something, that it's hope in action, it's hope with skin on, it's it's tangible. In that same chapter, Hebrews 11, he starts going through all of these different examples of people with faith. He goes, by faith, Noah did this. He built an ark when there was no rain. He acted before he could see. By faith, Abraham left his country when God called him to go, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, and it goes through, it talks about Jacob, it talks about Sarah, it talks about Isaac, it talks about Joseph, by faith, Moses, by faith, all of these people. And then even at the end of the chapter, the writer's like, I don't have time to keep going. He's like, there's all these other people I didn't even get to, and that's how I feel like. Faith throughout scripture is visible in people's life. It's visible. It's visible. It's something that you can see lived out. It's something that you can observe. It looks like something. So if that's the thing, if we need to pray in faith, and we need to have it be so tangible that like, our prayers look different, that they're visible to the people around us, that I can tell when you're praying in faith, those types of prayers, we need to think about how, how do we get faith? How do we increase it? Hope, but hope also comes through the Word. I mean, Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of Christ, which goes back to what I said earlier. We need to get in the Word so that the Word can get in us. Because when the Word is in us, and when we're connected, when we're abiding, when we're close to the Father, we can hear what He wants to do. We can pray in line with those things. Our faith is high. Our faith is visible. It's lived out. If you want to pray faithful prayer, prayers, you need to hear and know God. You need to have faith in Him alone, like we talked about last week. You need faith that, that He's our provider and sustainer, like we talked about two weeks ago. He could hear the sound of heavy rain, even though it hadn't come. So Ahab did it. He left, he went off to eat and drink, and Elijah went and bent down. Sometimes you can't see, but you can sense. You can see what God is doing. Verse 42, so Ahab went off to eat and drink. Elijah climbed up. Verse 43, go and look toward the sea, he told his servant, and he went up and looked. He went up and looked. I love this part because he's just like, Elijah's like, I'm camping out right here. Sends his guy, go look, tell me what you see. He comes back and says, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Think about that in context of what we were just thinking about. Praying in faith. God, I sense that this is what you're doing. And then you have somebody come back and say, "No, that's not what's happening yet." I would actually be kind of scared if I was Elijah's servant because I just saw Elijah do some crazy stuff. And I know that like I'm giving him some bad news. Like he he just told the king to go, it's about to rain. He went up here. He's putting his head between his knees. He's he's ready to pray. And he tells me to go, and I'm coming back and telling him that nothing's happening. I think, I think sometimes this is where we, we have that dip in our faith. That we're like, God, I thought this is what you were saying. I thought this is, this is what you were going to do. I thought, fill in the blank. But I don't see it. I do sense it, and I don't see it, and I thought I'd be seeing it by now. He sends the servant back. Look again still nothing. It says he sent him back seven times. It doesn't list every one in scripture, but it says seven times. But think about that. This is actually like he had to actually walk somewhere because if Elijah could see it from there, he wouldn't be sending him. So this guy leaves for a period of time. I don't know if it's a few minutes, a couple hours, however long. But then he comes back, he says, still nothing. Go do it again. Leaves. Goes down, looks, comes back, still nothing go do it again. That, seven times is so many times. I just did it twice and you guys are like, we get it. <laughs> seven times. How many of us would have given up at that point and been like, God, maybe I heard you wrong. Maybe this isn't the thing that you want to do. Maybe I should just go and regroup. We can go do that river and bird thing again and you can, I'll wait until I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. But seven times... He had faith for. And then he finally comes back and he does see something. He says, The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. He doesn't see a lot, but he doesn't see nothing. I don't think that's what they were waiting for. If they're waiting for the rain and they just see a tiny cloud, it's not like, hey, the rain's here. And I think sometimes we give up at that point. If we didn't already give up, we give up and say, well, maybe it was just this. Maybe this is the version of it. And I, I mean, if That's hard because, you know, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things we don't see. And, like, it's hard to have faith when we don't see for so long. Like, when when you have to have faith for a day, that's fine. But when you have to have faith for a season, for years, that's hard. When you keep saying, let's check again, I still don't see it. I still don't see it. God, this is what you said, I still don't see it. I still don't see it. That was only four. I still don't see it, five. I still don't see it, six. I see something, but it's not, it's not exactly what I was looking for. I think this is an important moment in our faith. Yeah. That moment when you see a little, how are you going to respond? That moment when you get a glimpse, what are you going to do? I love what's, what happens in Zechariah. It says, don't despise small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And he's talking specifically about what Zerubbabel's doing and plumbing the line and the walls and all that stuff. But, but you know, the principle is still there that God likes to see something start. Don't despise it. If the, if the Lord's rejoicing at a small beginning, we should rejoice at a small beginning. If God's excited about seeing something start, we should be excited about something smart. Seeing something smart start. Wow. I forgot how to talk. But Jesus has this moment. Jesus has this moment where he prays for somebody who's blind, and he says, what do you see? He says, I see men walking like trees. That's one of the weirdest things for me in Scripture, because he's like partially healed. And then Jesus prays again, and he, he fully receives his sight. And he's Jesus. I mean, if Jesus prays twice, we should probably pray at least seven times. But sometimes we only get a glimpse of what is about to happen. We get a taste of what God's going to see, and I think God's wondering, like, Are you going to, are you going to stick with it? Are you going to keep praying? Are you going to keep believing? Are you going to have faith even when it doesn't match what, what you see? When you sense something but you don't see something, are you still going to hold on? Are you still going to trust that I'm good, even if you never see it until things are made right in eternity? Are you still going to trust that I'm good? Elijah does. He hears a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea, and Elijah says, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Elijah has so much faith, he goes, I see that, that more is coming, more is coming quickly. He's like, we need to start moving. That so often when we see God start, we should keep moving. That we should be moving in faith already saying, God, I'm inviting you into this. I think this is what you're saying. This is what I sense according to your word, according to your people, according to wise counsel, according to, to these different ways you speak to me, God. I'm praying for it and I'm believing it. And now that I see a glimpse of it, I'm going to keep moving in that direction. That Elijah, Elijah's like, we got to get going. The rain's about to come. It's about to pour. This famine, this drought is over. Things are about to change. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. I love this verse. Verse 46. The power of the Lord came on Elijah. Tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Super speed. That's just a funny picture to me. Like, he's in a chariot, and you got passed by a guy who's just running. <laughs> They're like, what is happening? Scripture is so fun. When God is with you, nothing is impossible. I know that's cliche. I know that's like on your bumper sticker or wall or something or your phone screensaver. But one of the things I was praying this week is that all of us who came in knowing God could do anything would leave believing God could do anything. That's not the same. Knowing God could do anything is good. That's like a place for hope to start. Right. But faith will grab onto that, that hope, saying God can do anything and say, I believe he, he could, he will. If, if this is what he's speaking to me like, maybe he really will do something. Maybe I do believe God actually can in my situation. Not that he theoretically could do anything, but maybe he actually will do something. Think about how different our, our week, our life, our workplace, our family, our situation, that point of pain in our life, that all of those different things. Think about how different that would look if we had actual faith to pray differently about it. I'm not saying everything in your life is magically going to get fixed. That's absolutely, you guys have heard me preach enough to know that that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying what if we prayed in faith? If we go to to the New Testament application of this passage, James just got done talking about how the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. He just gave a bunch of examples of what that could look like, reasons you could be praying. Go to the elders for healing, go do this, make it right with somebody else. If you're happy, praise the Lord. He's like, but the prayer of of a righteous person is powerful and effective. He goes, for example, this guy named Elijah, he was human just like us. He prayed and it stopped raining for three and a half years. He prayed again and it started raining. I think after looking at the behind the scenes of that story and and going back to the passage in James, it, it gives me a new anticipation for what God could do. It reminds me, it builds up my faith that, hey, like, I'm not perfect. I need God's grace every day, but I, I have righteousness because of what Jesus has done. I'm justified in him. I've been forgiven and, and made right. So I, I'm, I have the prayer of a righteous person. Like, if I'm living in step, if I'm doing what we did last week, if I'm saying, God, you and you alone are the one I'm following, then, then I have righteousness. And the, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And as an example, you're telling me there's a guy who prayed and it changed the weather patterns for three and a half years. God, maybe I should pray a little bit more boldly. Maybe I should have a little bit more faith that you actually can and will do something in my situation. If it's in your nature, if it's according to your word, if it's what I'm sensing in the spirit that I can't see yet, if I have faith that is what I'm hoping for based on your word and nature, but I can't see it, God, I believe you can do it. I believe you can do it. I don't want us just to know God can do the impossible. I want us to actually believe it. I think that's when we'll start to see it. I love hearing stories of what God is doing. I mean, I I heard the story this week in a small group that two two times people got prayer and saw God immediately answer that prayer. Like they had pain in their body. They were like, "I, I could use some prayer for this. And then they prayed as a small group and then it was immediately gone. To the point where they were like a little bit like, wait, what? Did that actually just happen? And it's like God actually does still answer prayers. He really does. He's powerful. He's mighty. He cares about us. And again, it's not that everything in your life will go perfect, but if we pray in faith, God moves. If we pray in faith, God moves. But I also want to warn you that there's always stuff that comes afterwards. If we turn the page and go to chapter 19 or on the same page, depending on your Bible, we see now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. He's like, hey, we just got destroyed in a battle on top of the mountain and fire came. And then they killed a bunch of guys and then he prayed and it rained. All this stuff is happening. And she's furious. Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. We've talked about this. Abigail and I love to say predictable resistance, right? We can expect that when we're moving in the direction God wants us to, that there's going to be an enemy that meets us there. That we are not in a, a, a world where there is no battle. There is an actual battle. There's spiritual warfare going on. Read it in, in the Old Testament in Daniel. Read it in the New Testament, Ephesians 6. Like, we need to be ready that we're in a war that if we're going to step out in faith, you're probably going to meet opposition. But it's still worth it. Next week, we're going to dive into what happens when Elijah is so afraid and runs for his life. He ends up going to a cave. He's suicidal. He's like, God, you might as well just take my life. He goes from this man of faith who's for three and a half years seen God miraculously provide, raise the dead, beat false gods, all of these different things, and yet is still in a place in desperate need of another touch of God. And I want to say that as encouragement to saying just because you've seen God move before doesn't mean you still need him in your next season. We always need him. We always need God. We're desperate for him. Bring a friend next week. Bring somebody. We all need next week's message because there are inevitably seasons of our life where it feels like the opposition is greater, that we lose perspective, that we say, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. And I think God meets us right there. That's just a little teaser for next week. Rewind back a few verses. To this week, we see God do incredible things through one person. That's just one person. That was one of the things that stood out to me. I'm like, this is just one guy. He has his sidekick who's going and checking to make sure if it's rained or not yet. He's like, hey, can you check the weather again? And he's like, yeah, still same forecast. Nothing. But it's just, it's just Elijah. Like, we might not be the biggest church in Elgin, but if we all prayed in faith, it would radically change our city. Yes. It would radically change your community. I think so many of us are coming out of a season that feels like a drought. That it feels like, we, where, where is God? What are you doing? There's been so many pain points in work, in home, in school, in health, in all these different areas that it's just like, man, things are just not good right now. That we feel like, you know... We need Elijah to come to us and say, hey, like, this is coming to an end. We need somebody else to increase our faith. But what if we were the people who came and said, God, would you move? Would you change things? Would you help it to rain again, a spiritual rain? We need you to answer desperate prayers for our family, desperate prayers for prodigals, desperate prayers for coworkers, for situations that are stressful, for situations that seem like I can't see another way out. I mean, it seems impossible what Elijah's facing. But I'm just like, man, it also seems impossible that that revival could come, that, that people could really love Jesus with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Until I think that, no, time and time again, when we see that throughout history and we see great moves of God throughout his people, it's just because they humbled themselves and prayed. They said, God, would you do what only you can do? We're trusting you and you alone. God, we need you. We believe you can do something. We believe you can do more than we've ever seen you do before. That we believe our prayers are powerful and effective. That's where I want to leave us for this week. Not knowing that God can do the impossible, but believing God can do the impossible. I want to see it. I want to hear more of the stories. Like the two I heard from small group are great and some of the other ones that I can't share are great. But God is moving, but I just want to see more of it. I just want to see him move. I want to see us to be people of faith, real faith. People that, that if he were to return tomorrow, we'd be excited and ready. Not scrambling to be like, Ooh, I wish I would have been living a little bit differently. So I just want to spend a couple minutes praying as a community. That God would do that. That, you know, as we heard the word of the Lord this morning, you know, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, the message of Jesus. God, would you just increase our faith? God, as we hear your word, these stories, the story of Elijah, of you doing the impossible, God, would you remind us that you really can, even though we've been hurt by times where, where we haven't seen the outcome we are looking for, or we've been disenfranchised, our faith is in a, a low place right now, God, whatever it might be, would your spirit pour out right now in this moment? God, would we leave different than we came? God, would we leave with the old school word unction? Would we leave with just the, the Holy Spirit on us and in us, God, would we leave with just... Th- True faith that you can move. True faith that you can move in our situation, whether we see it yet or not, whether we see an immediate answer or, or we send back seven times saying, God, we still don't see it, but we're still here waiting. We're waiting. We're praying. God, we believe you can. We believe you will. God, we're desperate for you. God, we're desperate for you in, in some of the marriages that are struggling, in workplaces that are, are toxic and horrible. God, we're desperate for you. God, in in health, in scariness, God, we're desperate for you. God, in in people who are are just discouraged, where faith is at an all-time low, God, I pray that you'd breathe on them right now. God, that you would increase our faith. God, that this wouldn't just be a Sunday morning moment, but that we would carry it, that we wouldn't leave the same. God, that you'd begin to stir in us a new thing, God, that you'd breathe in us, that you'd, you'd just change the atmosphere. God, that we'd pray big, bold prayers. God, prayers that don't just just don't leave the door open for doubt, that we say, God, we believe you can. We're asking that you would. We'll be patient in the waiting, God. If you want to answer it right now, praise you. If you want to answer that later, praise you, God. We trust you in the waiting, but we're asking that you would move. God, would we remember that Elijah is actually a person like us? That actually he was more disadvantaged than us because we're on this side of the cross. God, would, would we just believe you? Would you help us to fall in love with your word? Would your ber- word be in us that your spirit can draw on us? Would you, would you heal us, Lord, from, from hurt, from pain? From bad experiences with the church. God, would you heal us from from unhealthy views of you? Would you help us to trust you in your goodness? If your word says you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, we believe it. If your word says you're you're good, you're full of grace and mercy, abounding in love, Lord, we believe it. Would you increase our faith? God, would you increase our faith and we pray bold prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear about what God is doing in your life. To share your story or a prayer request, simply hit contact on our website. You can also support the ministry of Hope Culture Church by visiting hopeculturechurch.com. We hope you have a great week.